I don't even know where to start with you uh, to catch up. I don't have enough time. I don't. I want the next couple of services. I mean, it is really. Uh, we're blessed. I don't. I don't even have words to start with you because uh, the dead are raised, the blind see, the lame walk, uh, the poor have the gospel preached to them. But not just in Mexico anymore. Which we're still, I mean, we're still full-on guns in the, in the big mountains and uh, still riding horses and motorcycles and four-wheel drives and all that stuff, uh, you know. But, but uh, God's bringing, brought us now. Uh, we just, uh, I'm on a whirlwind uh, run right now. We're in the middle of it. We're not finished it. But we uh, started uh, several months in Mexico. Uh, Holy Ghost power. Our services, you wave your hand and a thousand people are knocked down. All right, I'm used to that kind of power. All right, you, you lay your hands on people with dying with cancer and bleeding out the mouth with dengue fever out the nose, and God heals them. You see, it's not any of this stuff. Well, if God don't do it, I got the doctor on the phone. You know, it's not any of that. There are no alternatives. It's Jesus. And I, it is for you too. You, those things that you have that you think are alternatives, they're false gods. They're going to let you down eventually and you're going to have to seek Jesus with a whole heart. It's got to happen. All right? But heaven, heaven has brought us now. I'm, I'm going to try to get some of y'all help me with this, these nations. I mean, we've been everywhere. Okay? Uh, let's see, we went to, uh, first place we went to, I mean, somebody's got to do this. I mean, it's hard for you. But the Virgin Islands, it's tough. I mean, we went diving, I don't know how many times, but we, we did actually do some ministry too. <clears throat> and I mean, the Holy Ghost fell uh, with the island people and uh, we went from there to, uh, where do we go next? Uh, Curacao. Y'all know where Curacao is? Okay, Curacao is another island, a string of islands. It's owned by the Dutch. It's uh, on the just off of uh, Venezuela, north of uh, South America, about 60 or 70 miles, 100 kilometers or so. And uh, it's a beautiful place. Man, did we have Holy Ghost. I mean, God came. Uh, we was with the uh, the man is the superintendent president of the Assemblies of God for for all of uh, the Caribbean, and he is on fire. I mean, God has touched that man, and he is just burning with the Holy Ghost. And he called us in. Uh, we're neighbors over there, you know, just a few thousand miles away, and uh, we went there. And I'll be I'll be telling you some of that stuff. I mean, we had church. It was good. Then we went from there to um, Dominican Republic, on the, right on the border of uh, Haiti. Uh, I'll tell you, it's rough, all right? Uh, but God came uh, with us, or actually we went with Him. And just the Holy Ghost, everywhere we're going, all right, here, here's what I, wanna, I want you to understand um, I've always known this, but now that I, now that we're doing what we're doing, I believe it in such a greater way. Geography, see, y'all believe that the move of God is localized to where a particular people have been. That's not true. 
when, when the children of Israel followed God, it didn't matter where they were. It matters if they followed the fire in the cloud. Hello? And they traipsed around through several nations all over the place. God doing great miracles for them. Not because of geography, but because of God. Hello? So, therefore, because you're so educated and so blessed, that don't exempt you from the power of God. <laughs> God is with us. And that's what we've got to live with, and I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. God's with us. All right? Uh, then we went from the Dominican Republic. Where do we go next? Back to, back to Mexico and uh, then to Africa. It was my first time to go to Africa. I've been steering away from two parts of the world, the Middle East and Africa. Now God's got me drowned in both in the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, I had myself a blast. Those ancient demons, I enjoyed slapping them around. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I get around... People and they say to me, "Did y'all take all them shots and everything?" No, we didn't. We 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 were, we do know that we were supposed to. The, our our government told us that we needed to for going there, but we never did get around to it. But God got around to protecting us from it, so we're all right. Okay, see, hello. Don't think them devils have more power than my God, so just don't even go there. I'll show you Rowdy if you want to see it. <laughs> Holy Ghost Rowdy. All right. But listen, while we were there, I got to see, because uh, four out of ten people in the three nations we were in had AIDS. All right. The rest of them had tuberculosis and, and malaria and everything else. I mean, there was devils of any level in any, any proportion you want them, they was there. And the Holy Ghost just overran them all. You hear me? I said, do you hear me? All right. That's very important that you're listening. And there's a lot of things we got, we've been doing just, and then we're doing, we're, we're here with you all right now. We left straight from there and went, I was with my wife at, at our office in South Texas for a little bit less than two weeks. And then we just come right down here and, uh, we're going to be here for a few days, and then we're going out into the, I don't know what y'all call it, Pacific Islands. I don't know what you call it. We're going to uh, uh, Fiji and uh, Solomon, uh, Tonga, uh, and uh, what else? Huh? Vanuatu, yeah. And we've got, we got quite a bit of jumping around we're going to be doing out there for the rest of the month. And Holy Ghost is going to be with us, and we're going to see miracles, all right? So that's, that's what's going to happen. And uh, I'm pretty happy about that. <clears throat> okay, now, but there's some, there's a thing I want to talk to you about. I skipped over. Uh, um, I, there's so much to say, uh, and, and I, I just want you to know I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not here. Uh, you know, I try to be as humble as possible about this, but it's still when you start when I start telling you what we've been doing. It's so powerful that that it seems like you're that we'll be gloating or abusing our humility in some way. But listen to me, God is moving in such a way. When you start describing His power to people, 
you're going to make a decision whether we're thinking that we're good or we're thinking God's good. And that's not my decision because my decision is God's good. I mean, his, He's the one doing this. So you live with it, all right? Okay, you good? All right. Our work in Mexico has blown out of proportion. Uh, 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 we, what I wanted when I was a kid, we've been well beyond that for a long time. Now what I want, because I see that it's possible, that Holy Ghost is so moving. I, I want 10,000 churches. All right? <clears throat> now you can gasp or get, you know, say, man, that's way too out of your range. Or It may be out of my range, you know, because I wear blue jeans. You're right, you know. But the Holy Ghost I serve don't have any limitations. And there's no reason for you or I either one to try to put limitations on him. <clears throat> we we've been out in them mountains now. My, I've been there for 30, 30 years and uh uh places that I hiked through 15 or 20 years ago on horseback and spent weeks at the time exploring and figuring out where how would it be possible for the gospel to get there. Now we're rolling through there. There's so many churches starting. By the time I get back, we'll probably have another between 50 or 100 new churches. Right now, we are expanding in an alarming rate to the kingdom of the devil. And that's a good thing. The Holy Ghost is really doing a good job. We've worked, I have worked my whole life to see this. And I didn't know what I was looking for. But now that we're there, I'm thankful that I was given the stamina by the Holy Ghost to stay to be able to see it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the opportunities to fail are great. The What's been presented to us to quit and to back down and back away and compromise and uh, so forth, are, they're still there and they, they present themselves in a greater measure the more you get done. And so far we've been able to tell them all no Thank you. We're doing fine with the Holy Ghost. Okay? You hear me? And God's speaking to us and letting us do things that are just blowing our own governments away. Mexico as well as America. Uh, And I I want to talk about a couple of those. Uh, you You need to be so dominant that the government comes and tries to hire you to... Teach them how you're operating. All right? I'm fixing to tell you a story. You, 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 in, your, in our minds, uh, we love Jesus. God has blessed us. And we're okay. And so we live in that little bitty unit right there. That's not what God, God has prepared us for. That, he sets you there to make you okay. But that's not where you're supposed to be living. You're supposed to be living outside the box where he lives. You understand? All right. I'm in a service. We all are. It was one of the greatest things. I, I don't have. I don't want to take the time. It's not that I don't have the time. I could take it. I'm not going to. Uh, we was in a service that was probably one of the best I've ever been in personally, as far as Holy Ghost dominance. 
where everybody there was controlled by the Holy Ghost. Uh, people that didn't want to be unbelievers, everybody. It, it didn't matter. If you was a human taking up space and breathing air, you was dominated. All right? Now, you don't get in those kind of services every day of your life. And when you're in them, you should enjoy them. And we was in, in them, and we were blessed. And uh, look at here. There was, there was this... I'm, I'm in the middle of, a, of, of mayhem. Of, uh, I mean, there were hundreds of men around me, and women were over there. And, and uh, we were stacked up in stacks. And uh, really, you, all of this order you have was completely lost. I mean, it was just... Amazing. God was in the air singing, uh, which we don't get that very often. As a matter of fact, I don't know if we've had it more than once or twice. But, but there, were, there were tunes in the air. God was doing music. The musicians, I thought that they had uh, started without us. Without, without uh, their, their, you know, everybody's supposed to get, you know, told what to do, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> God, God started singing. Uh, he was happy with what we was doing. And so I went around looking to see which one of the musicians, which band it was. I was fixing the rebuke, and it wasn't any of them playing. It was the Holy Ghost. And uh, you don't get that every day of your life, but when you do, you, I'm telling you, you need to enjoy it. Just Because God wanted to be there with us, and He comes down, and His power is present, and He's moving and it's awesome. All right. And, and, and all these people you get to pray for that with these incurable diseases, and you know they're going to be healed. I mean, if God's there. I mean, if He's in the air, He's in the air, all right, around us with notes, God is, you know He's going to take these diseases out. It's easy, isn't it? All right. Now, I'm standing there holding on to a bamboo uh, rafter. And I look out there at the back of this melee of things happening. People prophesying. They're seeing Jesus. Uh, people are in trances. People are squirming on the floor. People are shaking. I mean, everything that you can imagine emotionally, it's going on from one end of the scene to the other. It's happening all at once. And by hundreds it is. All right? And, but listen to this. I look out there on the other end, and there's a man looking at me. Nothing's happening to him. Except one thing. He does not have a face. Uh, his skin, let's see here. Do y'all remember? I think it was his whole thing, wasn't it? All the way down, his jaw all the way was completely eaten off of him by cancer that had come out of his body and got on his skin and eat his face off. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen that sort of a horror before. But here I am in the middle of the best time in the Holy Ghost in my life. And I look out there and it's one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. But listen to me. And the way we do church, okay, modern intellectual people, when God starts moving, we don't want any demon to interrupt it. But the thing is, God's movement brings devils. 
And if it don't, it's not God. It's a party that you're having. Hello? (laughs) You should invite God to your party, actually, so the devil would come, too. Otherwise, how are you going to defeat him? What's it for? What's the power of God for? Just so you can feel good? Oh, get a life, my goodness. That's one of the minor things of the reason for the presence of heaven. It is legitimate, but it's minor. But seeing that man standing out there with no face, now we're talking business. So what do you do? You got a man standing out there. I'm drunk in the Holy Ghost. If I let go of that pole, I'm going to be absorbed like in quicksand down. I'll be on the bottom of all them men that are there. They're all around me this deep. So I can't let go of the pole. I'm hanging on. So I, what do you do? You tell him, come here. And he can't hear me because of the noise. So then he comes up there. We got some of the elders together. Most of them we had to pick up off the floor. They were praying the wrong way. That's how drunk we were. See, when you lose control and you give it to heaven, you're in a good shape. You look funny, but you're in good shape. (laughs) So what do you do whenever you have a man who cancer has eaten completely up, his insides are destroyed, now his outer shell is destroyed, what do you do with him? You know, I know, I know you say, in Jesus' name be healed. I mean, I got all that. You think I don't know that? I know that. <laughs> you take him to you and you hold him. All right. What's on me can heal anything. Do you understand that? The way I feel, the anointing of God on me, the presence of heaven that I'm experiencing, there is no power the demons have that can resist that. You hear me? All right. But what about the pus and the slop, the residue of the devil is going to get on my shirt? Well, let me tell you what my mama always taught me. Is it all right? It'll wash out, son. Don't worry about it. It's true. My wife's standing over there looking at me. I got this guy laying on me with no face. Stuff is running all over me, and I just look at her. She said, don't worry about it. We'll get you a new shirt. It don't make any difference. See, the thing is, the compassion, the anointing, the stability, the discipline of the Holy Ghost, those are the things it takes to heal people. You understand? You're not going to get it done. Normal church atmosphere. It's going to take the Holy Ghost atmosphere. It's going to take God electrifying things 
so that anybody that walks through these doors or anywhere, it doesn't matter if you're here or not. Okay? It matters that God's with you. All right? Follow me? We laid our hands on that man. He wasn't even saved. He never did start shaking. He never did anything. He was hurting too bad. There was too much pain racking his body. Too much cancer was on him. He could barely move when we got our hands on him. He got born again. That's the most important thing is born again. He can die with his cancer as long as he's born again. You hear me? But he can't die with his cancer if he's not born again. <laughs> so we got to fix the cancer till he gets born again. <laughs> this is no joke. This is, that was an awful, you know, you, you just, you're not used to it. He was filleted by the devil. Is that, y'all understand filleted? Y'all probably say it different. Filleted. Filleted. You're probably going to have to translate some more for me. Filleted. All right. It's the same word, though. Come on with that. Filleted. Remind me that's what that is now. Filleted. In Spanish, it's easier. Filete. Filleted. Filleted. He was filleted by the devil. I mean, the, the hideous, his teeth, you saw the workings of his muscles, you, his eyeball, you saw the, the tendons, the things that move it around. I mean, you're looking inside of him. And, it, you know, that's kind of hideous to a... Uh, Modern human that goes to church and enjoys the good perfume. <laughs> well, you know what that great Holy Ghost did? Here's what the great Holy Ghost did. We went back three or four days later, and there was this man sitting there that I'd never met. Guess what? He said, I know you, Brother David. I said, oh, really? I've never seen you in my life. He said, oh, yes, you have. I said, really? He said, yep. He said, I was the man that had no face. God healed him of his cancer and grew a new face. There you go. All right. Your problem with me is not going to be theology. It's not going to be dress. It's not going to be filleted or filleted. That's not... That's not a big enough problem to cause offense. But I'm going to tell you right now, whenever, whenever we got to see God create a new face on a human being and heal cancer that had devastated that man's body, that's your problem with me. Okay? So you get over yourself, because I'm not. I mean, heaven is powerful. You hear me? Heaven is awesome. There was a lot more that night, but that's the one I wanted to tell you about. There was lots more miracles. But I want to move on to something else. If you will, turn in your Bible. I believe it's Mark 6. There's something happened to us that I want to talk to you. We're not, we don't have it all sorted out, okay? I'm not going to get up here. I'll let you theologians figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But I, I just want to listen to what God wants to do with us. That's a very powerful. I wanted to tell you that to start with, just to get your eyes bugged out a little bit. You know, warm up a little, you know, get to know each other again, all of those things. <laughs> now, here in Mark 6, this is where Jesus feeds a big multitude. But I, my, my, I, want, I want to ask a question to the church, to the leadership. Um, because Jesus offered the miracle to his disciples before he did it. Isn't that right? All right. Now I want I want to ask a question. Okay? And this thing, this question is current. Because most of us act like the disciples did. Like Jesus had lost his mind. Jesus, you don't get it. We don't have enough money in the revenue. The treasurer can't write a check big enough, Jesus. Jesus, you you must have made a mistake. But you see, that's not what it is. It's doubt and unbelief. It's questioning God's ability. Now watch. I want to just talk to you just a little bit. Because if you'll listen to me, if you'll let what I'm fixing to talk to you about just settle on you, it'll expand you greatly. Because it, ha- it has us. Alright? Now watch this. Verse 34, Mark 6, verse 34. Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. That's the first thing you've got to do. You've got to get yourself out of yourself... And your limited space that you live in, your blessed area or bubble of sphere of life, and look beyond to the crowds. That's the first thing we've got to do. Very first thing Jesus did when he walked out, I don't know where he came from. You, there again, you theologians have to sort all that out. I, I just read what I read and we go from there. Now it says, when Jesus came out, He looked around and he saw lots of people. Now what I want you to do, I want you to look with Jesus' eyes. I want you to see the people. I want you to see the needs of the people. I want you to understand that you are blessed. That you are fortunate. That you are a people group that God has touched. It don't make you special. It makes you blessed. It don't make you sectarian or independent. It makes you blessed. And if you go any other direction than God's blessing, that'll change. Hello? All right, now. And uh, when he came out, he saw much people. And he was moved. See, it wasn't enough. Like, we just went to Africa. I mean, I saw much people. I saw more needs than I can in a hundred lifetimes fix. I'm telling you, wow. But you know what my response was to it? We're in. I looked around to these men that were with me on our team. 
I said, I know how much our finances are. I see the people and it way overrides us. We don't have enough. We don't have this. We don't have that. But that's not what we've been asked to do. We've been asked to see the people and have compassion. That's what Jesus did. There's nowhere where he looked to his resources before he looked at the people. And you, if you want the miracle power of God, are going to have to get out of resources and into compassion. I got this. I'm right, and I'm not backing down. (laughs) It's just I read this, and that's what it says. So that's what we live with. You know, you're busy looking at your lack of and what you consider to be your need of instead of how Jesus viewed it. Jesus didn't even have a pillow to lay his head, but what did he see? His lack of a bed or the people, and he had compassion on them. Help me out, please. <laughs> now then. Because they were sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. See, he didn't try to heap to himself, uh, build him a ministry, a kingdom. Uh, you know, he, that's not what he tried to do. He tried to have compassion and tried to fix their problems. All right. Now here Jesus is walking down the right road, doing the right things. And then he notices something. And when the day was now far spent, verse 35, his disciples came to him and said, uh, you know, look at this. Look, look, here we go. What are they looking at? Their surroundings. What's the first thing they told Jesus? This place is desert. There's no McDonald's here. Man, there's no fresh water here. Oh, Jesus. I mean, you need to get a grip. I know we know you're the Messiah and everything, but you evidently forgot how to be in touch with humanity here. You need to use wisdom, Master. <laughs> I love this. Oh, I can't. I'll tell you. And this is awesome. Now watch. This is a desert place. It's like, you know, Jesus didn't know that. I mean, he's the son of God and he's out there and he don't realize he's in a desert. Okay. Okay. Do you see how it seems funny now? But we do exactly the same thing with him every day nearly. And I'm going to tell you. I'm not telling you that we're over that, but I'm telling you that we got the victory on it in a couple of places. All right? All right, now let's go. He says, uh, and look here. It's evening time. We don't even have time to go out here, shoot a deer, cut it up, and make some deer stew here, Jesus. I mean, it's late in the day. And Jesus is standing there just looking at him, still hadn't said a word. And then here we go, watch Peter and them guys, would you please get rid of these folks? 
Because, you know, I got a lunch over here and I'm hungry and I've been waiting on you all day. And I want to slip over here behind a rock and eat it. You know how selfish we are. That's how we think. Us four and no more. I know that's how you think. Because I do. I think that way about my family and so forth, right? All right. And it says, uh, send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread for there's nothing to eat. All right. What did Jesus tell them? Somebody help me out. Read the next verse. What did he say? What did Jesus say, do? All right. Now, here's my question. What if? What would have happened if their response to Jesus when he said, you give them something to eat, instead of saying, Jesus, my God, man, we got a sack of money over here, but it's going to take more than we got to get the job done you're asking us to do here. I mean, we understand that you like to take care of people and you're benevolent and everything else. But I mean, come on, you've got, you got to understand the mass that's here. I mean, come on. See, I mean, it's like Jesus can't think logically because he's walking in the spirit realm. But the very first thing the Bible says is, he saw the multitude. So it stands to reason that he understands that they need something to eat. And that they need to be taken care of. Hello. Isn't that right? Our thinking is wrong. It's premature. It's selfish. And it has to be corrected. The question is this. When Jesus said, you give them to eat. What if Peter would have said, all right, but all I got is this, but I'm going to have faith and I'm going to trust you and I'm going to just see what you can do. I'm going to see just how good you really are. In Jesus' name, bless this little bit we got. You folks, come start eating. Let's see how far this will go. What would have happened if those disciples, instead of looking at the not or the what not, Looked if the looked at it like, okay, Jesus, we'll do it. And took the morsel they had and looked at him and said, It's your will, we'll do it. What would have happened? Do you have any idea? They would have got the same results that Jesus got. But instead of it being one, it would have been several men's faith activated and job well done. Hello? All right. Now, I want to talk about that a little bit. And I want to scare the ever-living fire out of you, son. I want you bug-eyed. I want you, I want you going home and, and looking at each other and saying, Did you hear what I heard? That's what I want you to do. Okay, is that all right? Because here's what happened. What was that day that hurricane hit over there? September, August the 29th, last year. Do y'all remember when that Katrina hit the United States? I know you heard about it. That's all it was. I mean, man, it was devastating. Uh, the, the place it zeroed in on, uh, uh, just east of New Orleans. I'm from the state of Louisiana originally, okay? 
And uh, so I've got friends, kinfolk, and everything else down there. All right, now you ready for this? All right, we were on a bike ride, right? Isn't that right? Up in uh, Montana. Uh, bike ride, you don't understand what that means, so I'll just tell you. What we do is, you know, we, we only have 600 churches and only raise 400 people from there, so we got lots of spare time. But to keep ourselves healthy and sane, one of the things that we do is ride road bikes, bicycles, and motorcycles too. But, uh, but this time we was pedaling in the great Rocky Mountains of the United States right up on the Canadian border. All right, now, we trained up while we're working in Mexico and traveling around. We train up, get all this mileage and get to where we can do what's called a tour. Like they're doing a tour de France right now. It's, what is it, uh, how many miles is that thing? Lots. How many? 1,500 or 1,700 miles, something like that. And usually what we do is we do a 1,000-mile tour over 14 days. I mean, it, you're not going to get any records out of this. You'd never, get, you'd never see us on uh, ESPN or any of those sports channels or, 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 or Channel 1 y'all have over here in that, that sky thing y'all have and all that. You'll never see us on there, but we're out there nevertheless, Okay. Now we're out there, and for and all of a sudden, this it was almost like a depression. It was a uh, a very grave thing came on me, and uh, I'm always serious, all right. And I'm I'm hard to be around. You can ask these men that work with me every day. I'm really like an old mad bear. This hurt, and just looking to whop everything that comes close. I mean, I just ain't got time for anything except healing the sick and getting people born again and, and saving nations. I mean, you got anything else on your mind besides that? Me and you got trouble. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, but Brother David, you need, I don't need anything. You need to hush. Leave me alone. I am single-minded and focused, and I'm going to stay that way. Don't talk me out of it. I'm not interested. All right? But, but, to not run everybody off... I think up these things and we do these bicycle rides and these hunting trips and these, we go diving and lots of different things we try to do to still be a human. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but, but we're out here on this bike ride. I mean, God has blessed us. We're having a wonderful time. We're in the Rocky Mountains. It's summertime up there, you know, August, y'all's winter is our summer. And so we're, we're sick, but we're still in snow, right under the snow level and the beauty of the mountains and seeing the bear and all the animals. And I mean, it's just very refreshing to myself, to everybody. We're having a good time. And so my wife, all the wives are there. It's a team thing, the whole ministry team. I mean, it's wonderful. All right. So there you have it. But all of a sudden, I get this, uh, it wasn't really a depression, it, but it was a very, I was grieved. I was, I was, uh, I couldn't figure it out because uh, I'm, I'm out here to relax. And you say, Rand, riding 100 miles a day, don't relax anybody. It does me. It does these guys. I mean, it, it takes our mind off of what we're doing and puts that focus on something else. And, and you're really good at it. You, okay. It's a little diversion for a few days. So anyway. But why, okay, 
why in the middle of this great time we prayed and fasted about these days we wanted it to be where we could enjoy ourselves but why 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 i thought it the first day i thought it was a devil of course that's what you think well any sane person would think that but the second day i started telling my wife because boy i'd go i'd come back off that ride and i'd go in my trailer and i'd sit down and i'd just I didn't want to see anybody. She would try to fix me some food. and No, I don't want any dainties. Something, something's up. And I don't know what it is. Well, God was trying to get me to, to check the weather. That this hurricane is coming. And that there's going to be something he wants us to do. But I'm a little bit more hard-headed about figuring stuff out. I can't just... You know, I understand that y'all are all spiritual and you can do it. It's no trouble. You're tuned in. You know, you're, you're, you're non-human. You got this thing figured out. <laughs> That's the biggest joke I've told all night. Because <laughs> we're all human. <laughs> and we couldn't, if it hit us in the head, we have a hard time with it. Neon lights. <laughs> And that's what was happening, and I, I was too close. I couldn't see it. <laughs> but on the third day, we heard about the hurricane hitting and the devastation that started, the reports started coming out, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, damage to our friends and pastoral people that helped us in ministry forever ever since i've been in the mission field some of these pastors have been their churches have supported us and been with us and blessed us and and all of a sudden there's no i started calling them can't get through to them and 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 i finally i got all the men together and the women and everybody we're doing a bike ride we're on on a vacation we're having a good time and i told them i think god wants us to go and do do something all right jesus said you feed them All right, the tally of the devastation, there's, I couldn't sit here and I'm going to try to give you some results, but you, 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 golly, that place is dead, all right? So we all go back and I pull the other missionaries off the field and I talk over with all these guys and some other elders and Man, I'm getting really now. I understand why God has it's been God the whole time trying to get me to open my eyes to see, to understand, to prepare, to begin preparations and all these things. But I can't see it. All I can see is nothing. I'm too close to it. All right. And and so I, I get these people together. I get the wives. We're all sitting in one. I get the whole ministry team out of Mexico. All right. And I tell them, I think it's God to go and try to find these people. And save them. And everybody goes, well, how? And I go, you know, and just like you, I would be, it would be if I took any one of you to Sri Lanka and dropped you off and said, all right, fix this tsunami. Okay? It's the same thing. There's no possible way for your mind to wrap around me telling you to do that. Hello? Well, that's the problem Peter had, or whichever one of those disciples it was. We'll call it Peter because he's the one that was the most aggressive. 
So we'll just blame it on him. <laughs> you theologians can correct me later. I can take correction, but not very long, so be, be right. Because <laughs> I will fuss at you if you're wrong. All right, now. <laughs> and so everybody looks at me and says, all right, Brother David. I mean, there's 20. I have 20 soldiers that have been. I've hand trained these people. I know that we're capable of death, that we can give to the end. All right? I know what we can do. But the problem that's been created is way bigger than any 20 families. It's way bigger than any 20,000 families. Do you hear me? It's way bigger than 200,000 families. We, hadn't, we still haven't seen the devastation. We just saw the CNN report like, like y'all did. We just saw the levees break and they're mad at everybody because they, they couldn't resist the Category 4 hurricane. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have nothing to camp. So, what if I'm standing there and I'm looking at our pe- my people. And I know these guys. I work with these people every day of my life. I know most of them shortcomings. I know their wives' fears and dreads. I know the kids. I, I, and I, I tell them, watch what I told them. I said, I think it's God. What do you say? And they said, all right. It's fine. I said, all right, I want to organize this. I said, there's five pastors that I cannot get a hold of. I can't get them on the phones. I can't, everything. And I got lots of contacts. And I, I got people. I, you know, I can move stuff if I need to. I cannot find these people. I said, we're going, to go, we're going to find them. We're going to save them. And we're going to take care of their churches. You know, and all. And, but you see, that's what I could see. I had, I told them, I said, how much money do you have? Now, this is where I'm going to lose you right here. Because, see, Jesus, after, we'll call it Peter, comes up there with his doubt and all of his excuses and reasonings why we can't get the job done. What did Jesus say next? Read it. Look at it. It's right there. What did he say? What do you have? Didn't he say that? What did they come up with? Come on, give me the numbers. I want them. It was, uh, what, five loaves and two fishes? All right, that's enough for how many people? Two? Okay, let's stretch it. Four. Okay, how many we got? 5,000 men. Does that include wives and kids? No. All right, so we're talking about something that can fit in your hand. And Jesus is acting like he thinks it's enough. What is wrong with him? You know, he's so spiritual minded, he can't, he can't even figure out that we don't have enough bread here. But the problem is, your physical intellect and your reasonings are not what God's asking us for. He's asking us for faith in the Holy Ghost. Faith in His abilities. Okay, so these men, now this is something that you are not going to hear preached very often. I looked right at them in the face. I said, you're going to tell me how much money you've got in your checking accounts. And that's not all you're going to do. 
you're going to go to the bank today and you're going to draw all of that money out and come put it on this table and that's what we're going to use and we're going to go fix this problem. All right. I'm talking to 20 missionary families. When we got through and all the dust settled and everything else, we had 25,000 U.S. dollars sitting on the table. All right? That's not very much. I mean, I got 20 families and what I got out of everybody after I squeezed them as hard as I could. This wasn't taken, this was not voluntary. I'm looking at people that I work with and telling them, whatever you got, you put it on that table. If you can't do that, you can leave. All right, you say. See, your mind immediately says, I don't have that right. With you, you're probably right. Because you're just a hidden devil in our midst. But let me tell you something. If it's God, you give it in hush. And let's get the job done. What, God can't replenish what you give? I mean, what, what, where is the problem? Because it's your five loaves and two fishes? It's not your problem that they didn't think ahead and bring that? Okay, I got it. You selfish little devil. Your day is coming. Don't call me. Okay? You lean on the flesh. And let's see how far you make it. I'm, I'm sitting here now, just being honest. Is that okay? Brother David, you can't put those kind of demands on people. Well, no, that's not right. That's how you believe, and that's what he can't do to you. But, oh, yes, I can. I took that money. $25,000, I mean, that's a lot of money if you, if you got, if you all of a sudden somebody just walked up and handed it to you and said, enjoy yourself at the pool hall. I mean, that's a lot of games, buddy. <laughs> You'll be there for a year or two, you know. But, I mean, that'd be foolish, but I mean, uh, you know what I mean. All right, so. So what do you do next? 